Welcome to Way Family Church. You're listening to our sermon podcast. Way Family Church invites you to join us every Sunday morning at 10.30 for worship, the word, and fellowship. If you would like more information, or if you'd like to give to help further the ministry of Way Family Church, visit us online at wayfamily.church. Now get your Bibles ready and let's dive in. I'm going to invite you to open your Bibles to 1 Peter. Um, <clears throat> Today's going to be good. Last week was good. Today's even going to be gooder. <laughs> it's going to be better uh, in the sense that this is a very controversial uh, subject matter here that we're going to deal with. Husbands and wives. Who likes to talk about this, right? Who's into talking about marriage and biblical marriage? Because I'll tell you what, a lot of people, especially in America, have a problem with what biblical marriage should look like. And so today we're going to be challenged a little bit like that. This is for husbands, this is for wives, and this is also for aspiring husbands and aspiring wives. It is important for us to know what the Bible says about marriage. And the approach that I'm coming at today is going to be from 1 Peter, okay? I am going to incorporate some other passages to kind of uh, <clears throat> uh, help explain it a little, bit, a little bit deeper, but ultimately, there's so much that the Bible says about marriage, my particular focus is going to be 1 Peter. Got it? Okay. So, <clears throat> as we continue to learn from 1 Peter, it's important to note that this letter has been predominantly about Christian living, especially in trying times. We can say that we're living in trying times, yes? We can say that all of us are experiencing some type of challenge, some type of of trial, or maybe even tribulation. And so this applies to us today as much as it applied to the folks who were experiencing persecution, not just in Rome, but by the Romans throughout the regions of this world, this Roman Empire. And so Peter is encouraging them. He's... um, He's uh, speaking truth to their lives and reminding them that this is not it. There's still more to look ahead of, ahead to. And so last week we began looking into very practical instructions for this. Very, very practical instructions for believers. And it all starts with perhaps a very controversial word. And I'm just going to say it in fact is a controversial word. And that is submit. In fact, Today, we don't even use that word anymore. We don't use submit very much. We don't even use obey very much. You don't say you need to be submissive and you don't say you need to be obedient so very much. Now we use words like you must be compliant, right? A little soften, soften it up. But ultimately, these words are very, very alive and well today. Like you don't realize sometimes how obedient you are to laws, right? When you see a red light, you obey that and you stop. When you know that you're trash, at least for us, it goes out Thursday night so that they can pick it up on Friday. We're pretty compliant with that, right? We obey that rule and we put them out there. And essentially, we're constantly following rules. That is to be obedient. Is there anything wrong with that? No, right? Is there anything wrong with being submissive to one another? Ultimately, the entire Bible calls us to this, and we'll get more into this a little bit. But the word submissive should not be an oppressive word. And if it has become an oppressive word to you, uh, my hope today is that it is redeemed by the word of God. Because submission to one another should not be something oppressive. It should not be something uh, negative, right? It should actually be liberating. And we'll get into that a little bit more too. But this controversial words, you know, obedience, submission, they really do ruffle feathers. 
And today we're going to talk specifically about husbands and wives. Um, and more than anything, I'm saying we're not going to talk about it, but ultimately the word is going to talk to wives and then the word is going to talk to husbands. This is not my message to you. This is what the Bible says. And so even though I'm not a wife and I don't have experience being a wife, I can speak to you to, as far as what the word says. All right. And as a husband, that I happen to be, I can speak to you what the word says, and I can also give you practical advice, uh, uh, depending or uh, based on my experience. And so this is what we ought to do, and, and I'll, I'll, I'll follow up a little bit more, but to be subject to someone or to submit to someone is, is so anti-American today, because we're taught to be sovereign, we're taught to be independent, we're taught to be, um, what's the word, we're taught to stick it to the man, Right? Entitled is good. Thank you. Yeah. And yeah, it's, it's good to have a sense of independence. It's good to stand up for ourselves and be able to behave in a way that contributes to our society, right? But at the same time, there's an order and there's a structure and everything functions within it, doesn't it? If we don't have that, we're in chaos. If we don't have leaders and if we don't submit to them, we're in chaos. And so to submit to someone is not necessarily a bad thing. I hope that that is clear, right? <clears throat> In fact, most of what we see today, man, it's really about how you can be disobedient with those or to those that you disagree with, you know? And, and for Christians, that's a no-go zone. You know, there's a time to obey and there's a time to rebel. And ultimately, that's dictated by our relationship, our understanding of the Lord, and so we first fear God and then we make decisions based off of that. And if we do everything according to a fear of the Lord, a healthy, you know, reverent fear of the Lord, then we will make good choices. We will know when to submit and we will know when to, in fact, rebel. And so all of this rebellion, you know, let's let's call it stick it to the man attitude, entitlement, all that stuff. Um, uh, uh, it's all a result of what we saw previously in chapter 2 verse 1 all of this stuff is a result of malice which leads to deceit which leads to hypocrisy which leads to envy and then slander and so that's what evil hearts harvest right there these things but what we have here is a beautiful beautiful explanation description of what a marriage should look like and I hope that you guys benefit from this and my hope and desire right now is not to be overly thorough that you know everything that the word has to say about marriage but my hope is that you will be um, at least persuaded to look into it more yourself okay and to ask questions and so we're giving instructions and we're given an example through Jesus Christ ultimately to submit as Christ submitted himself right think about that um, and here's something very very key for us to remember if we submit to Jesus and if Jesus calls us to submit to others then we ought to do it that in itself is submission to Jesus isn't it and so if we have a problem with submission if you have a problem with authority I'm gonna say this to you you're gonna have a problem with following Jesus think about that because everything that it, that it means to follow Jesus is submission, moment after moment after moment after moment. You're literally submitting everything that you are to his will. 
And if you're doing that, then submission is not a problem, just generally speaking, for Christ says to give to Caesar what is to Caesar and to God what is God's, right? And if he commands us through his word to submit to our governing authorities, to submit to our employers, wives submit to your husbands, and husbands likewise submit to one another, you know, then this really shouldn't be that big of a deal. So don't think about it as, oh my goodness, I'm a wife and I'm being told that I have to submit. Guys, we're all told that we ought to submit to one another. Okay, so this isn't like, hey, I'm pointing my finger at you, right? The Bible isn't doing that to wives. In fact, it gets a little bit, um, I would say, challenging for both of us, the wives and the husband. So let's go to 1 Peter chapter 3. We'll read it together and then we'll break it down. So 1 Peter chapter 3, 1 through 7 is what we'll be looking at today. And it says this, likewise, wives, be subject to your own husbands, so that even if some do not obey the word, they may be won without a word by the conduct or the conduct of their wives. When you see your or when they see your respectful and pure conduct, do not let your adorning be external, the braiding of hair and the putting on of gold jewelry or the clothing that you wear. But let your adorning be hidden in the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which in God's sight is very precious. For this is how the holy women who hoped in God used to adorn themselves by submitting to their own husbands, as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord. And you are her children if you do good and do not fear anything that is frightening. Likewise, husbands, Live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel, since they are heirs with you of grace, of life, and of life, so that your prayers may not be hindered. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just come before you, Lord Jesus, asking you to help us understand your word, to help us, Father, understand in a way where we are activated by it, Lord Jesus, and we live by it. And so, Lord, help us, Lord, adopt this, help this just understand it, Lord, not just to live it out, but also to help others. In Jesus' mighty, mighty name we pray. Amen. All right. So I don't, you probably noticed this. Wives probably noticed this. You guys get six verses and we husband get one. Right. You're probably thinking, oh, that's not fair. Well, this is the first Peter one, the first Peter version. If you go to Ephesians, Galatians, Colossians, guys get a little bit more, okay? And ultimately, we're going to pack this, but even this one verse says a whole lot to us. So let's start there. Let's start with the first section. And so as, as we see here, God, uh, Peter is delivering instructions to both husbands and wives. The instructions are these. Wives, you ought to submit to your husbands. And the instructions to husbands, honor your wives. So let's begin by addressing the wife. So let me remind you, this is not me telling you how you ought to behave. This is God's word instructing wives about his standard, about his order. Got it? And in his commands to us. So let's start with this very controversial issue, both outside and inside of the church. Controversial because a lot of people, as mentioned earlier, 
do indeed have a problem with that word submit, okay? There are opinions out there on how a wife should behave towards her husband, but ultimately as Christians, we ought to not only consider what the Bible says about this issue, we must also live by it so that we can therefore impact the world by, through our behavior, through our conduct. Now, in my experience, and this is, this is just me from where I live and stand, this subject is regularly attacked, not just by people outside of the church, but even within the church. There are two pools, pretty much, you know. There are people who uh, feel like, no, 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 this is inferiority to a wife, and we shouldn't really consider it that way. That's not exactly what it's saying. And then there's another pool of people that says, well... It is, and we should really make sure that they do this, right? That the wives submit. And, and both of them, I would say, lack a little bit of clarity or a little bit of heart, okay? So it's not that we should completely abandon it, and we sh it's not that we ought to enforce it as men, okay? And so we'll go there. It's controversial in the sense that, uh, in my opinion, uh, that many people have actually taken this and have experienced abuse through this, okay? And so in that regard, I'm going to say that we as Bible-fearing or Bible-believing, God-fearing Christians would also agree that that is wrong, right? We agree that this is not a uh, means for husbands to subdue their wives. This is not means or grounds for husbands to overpower their wives to a point of abuse. And we'll talk a little bit more about that. But let me make that clear. This is not what the Bible is saying. We are not, as husbands, to subdue and command and conquer and rule over our wives, okay? There's a way to lead. That's the key word, is lead. And that's very different, so we'll go through there. Now, let me give you another disclaimer here. I told you, I'm not a wife, right? I'll do my best to present the word of God. But Titus is clear. It says, older women instruct the younger. Okay, so if you are an older, more matured Christian woman, it is your job to instruct the younger one. And so younger women, perhaps those who are not yet married and aspired to be, it is good to come to go to a, a mature Christian woman and ask them questions, ask them for examples and give them those, those uh, practical questions on how to respond in these circumstances because that is something that I am not an expert in, being a wife, okay? <clears throat> so that's, that, is that clear? And that's according to Titus. Titus actually calls us to do that. And the same for men. Husbands train young men, okay? And so, glad I got that off my chest. Whew. Let's look into the word. It says, likewise, likewise again, in the context of submission in general. We just talked about submitting to authorities and government. We just talked about submitting to employers, right? And now likewise, just as a general rule of thumb, um, we ought to be subject, or wives ought to be subject to their own husbands. What does this word to be subject mean? It means submit, and that's literally what it means. It's not like a hidden word with a hidden message there. It means to rank under, okay? And so that means that there's an authority over you, and therefore you ought to respect that authority as someone who is in lead, in charge, right? That's what it means. I know it sounds terrible, doesn't it? Maybe, maybe not. But the whole context of 1 Peter is submission. So this is not just pointing fingers at wives. The whole context is that we all ought to submit to one another. We as Christians learn to submit God to God first. Then we learn to submit to government, our masters, etc. So submission just, just should be a regular part of a Christian life. Period. Okay? So this isn't something that should be like, 
I need to submit? Well, yeah, we've been talking about that. But now we're specifically talking to wives. Wives, submit to your husbands. And so people who have an issue with this, they, they seriously have to consider, okay, why do I have an issue with this? It could be that there's a little bit of trauma back there, or it could be that you just generally have an issue with submitting in general. And so again, I'll say that again. If you have a hard time with submission, you're going to have a hard time with following Jesus. Okay? And so because following Jesus is all about submitting every moment to his lordship. And so this means that if the Lord has called us to submit to certain others, then we ought to do it as a response to the Lord ultimately. I'm going to submit to my husband because the Lord is, is honored through that. And ultimately, I'm going to bless the Lord. I'm going to do as he asks. I'm going to honor him. But ultimately, we also um, just need to submit to the needs of others in general. And I can't say that enough. You have to get that. In general, we ought to submit to the needs to others. We ought to support others. We ought to help others. We ought to consider them above ourselves. Let's look at Philippians 2, 3. It says this. It tells us that uh, we ought to count others more significant than ourselves and let each of you not look only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. And that's ultimately what we're doing with submitting. We're looking at each other's interests, okay? I mean, <laughs> we're not cowarding. We're just looking after each other's interests. That's what the word is saying. And the enemy of this is pride, it's selfishness, but I just want to do good for me kind of attitude, that self-entitlement, that sovereign sense of it's all about me, 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 me. I drive up and down the highway and I see signs all day long. It says, you do you, right? It's all like, hey, it's all about you. It's about you having fun. It's about you doing what you want, what feels good. But the Bible says, hey, we ought to live for others. We ought to look for others' needs before ourselves. Okay, that also doesn't mean that we neglect one another or eat ourselves. And so with that in mind, the idea of having to submit to your husband really is not that big of a deal. Right? It's really not, oh, okay. It's not an oppressive thing. No, this is a normal thing for every Christian to just to submit to one another. So wives, submit to your husband. And so before we continue, let's finish establishing this principle, okay? Because we see it in 1 Peter, but Paul also speaks to this. And several times we see this, even from Genesis all the way through Revelations, we see this order that the Lord has established for husbands and wives. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 22 or excuse me, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 22. It says this, Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. Ephesians is saying the same thing. You know, the Ephesians are getting the same instructions. Now, if you think that was a typo, if you don't believe if you, that, that the word of God is actually saying that, just in case, let's go to Colossians. Wait, it also says it in Colossians. It says this, Wives, Submit to your husbands as it is, it is fitting to the Lord. So overall, this honors the Lord. This blesses the Lord when you do that. Now, there are some things in common here. One, it's talking to wives. It's not talking to husbands, okay? This message is to the wife, and it's saying this. Submit to your own husbands. That means, wives, you don't have any obligation, any biblical obligation to submit to any other man the way that you would submit to your husband, so nobody has the, the uh, authority, let's say, the position, the place to lead you as your husband should lead you. Nobody can say to you, you need to submit to me, right? Nobody. It says, wives, submit to your own husbands. All right, and that's very key and it's very important. And I see this 
in each one of these three passages. And then finally, there's something that I think is, is worth noting and that, that it is fitting to the Lord. Ultimately, we do this not for our husbands. Yes, we can serve them. We can love them. We can look after them. But we do this for the love of God, period. And if we have that in mind, we will do well. So this is not a requirement for you to submit to other men in general, okay? This is a call for you to submit to your own husband. And so this is an act that a wife does. It is definitely not something that is done to her. So check this out. It says, wives, submit to your own husbands. Does it say, husbands, be sure that your wives submit to you? No, you won't won't read that. Does it say, husbands and men in the church, be sure that your wives are submitting to their husbands? No, it doesn't say that. This is the Lord speaking to wives. Wives, submit to your husbands. And so my job as a husband is not to make sure that she's doing that or to force that on her. My job is to do what I'm called to do. And then everything's going to fall into place. That's the Lord's promise. But your job as a wife is to heed the word of the Lord. Listen to it. What is it saying? It's saying, wives, submit to your husbands, your own husbands. So I'll leave you with that. Again, this is not me telling you this. This is what the word of God says. Amen? And so let's continue. Wives are to submit to their own husbands so that, it says, even if some do not obey the word, they may be one without a word by the conduct of their wives. So this, this is why we ought to submit to our husbands. So it doesn't matter whether your husband's a believer or a non-believer. In fact, if he's a non-believer, all the more to show them the love and the compassion of Christ, to represent him in a way that they may be one. Do you guys know who Lee Strobel is? He's uh, the guy who did A Case for Christ. Did you know that he was uh, won over by the conduct of his wife? It was his wife who found uh, the, the, the love and, and the grace of Jesus, and Jesus showed her, himself to her first, you know? And through that and through her conduct and how she behaved, Lee had questions to the point that it led him to, fig- to, to, to ask questions and to research, and you know his story. And it was through her conduct, through her love for him, something in her changed. In fact, he thought he, she was cheating on him. Do you, do, you, do you remember his story? He thought, wait, you're dating Jesus? <laughs> like you're going out with him? That's, that's how it felt to him. But through her conduct, he was won over uh, to Jesus as well. In fact, my parents are an example of this. My dad pursued my mom just for her looks, you know? And she's like, heck no, techno. You gotta, you know, I follow Jesus and he's first and foremost. And my dad's like, well, so do I. She's like, no, you don't. (laughs) And ultimately, her behavior, her conduct, her standards really caused my dad to look into this. Okay, what is going on here? What is it that I don't know, that I don't understand? And, And today, my dad's a pastor. And so this is why, one of the reasons why it's important for us to live according to God's word, because it's not just... You know, because we're told it and we ought to do it, period. But there's benefit. There's there's a purpose here. And we ought to see that and we ought to uh, uh, be encouraged by that all in all. And we'll continue saying uh, here. And it says, <clears throat> do not let your adorning be external. And, it, and I love the list here. External things don't matter is what Peter's saying. Hey, the way you look, the way you dress, ultimately it doesn't matter. Okay, wives... You probably aren't going to like me saying this, okay? But husbands might relate to me. Sometimes, sometimes we don't care 
how you do your hair, okay? It's, you look amazing to us anyway, and you look beautiful whether your hair is a mess or whether it is not a mess, all right? And I know that for you, your hair is something very important, like those pretty braids and whatnot. That Peter's saying that's not what makes you beautiful. Am I telling you you ought to stop doing your hair? No, you can do that, right? Um, or you could be like Richard and I and just deal with the problem, right? But ultimately, ultimately, that's not what guys are looking for, a nice hairdo. And that's the example that they use here because of the context of the audience here. Braiding their hairs, they actually used to braid their hairs, their hair, <laughs> and, and they used to um, weave gold, gold strings through them. It was kind of a status thing, like, wow. It was, like, it was kind of like carrying a Louis Vuitton purse if you did that to your hair. You know, it was a very status thing, very, very popular, very uh, celebrity-like to do that. And, and Peter's saying, don't worry about those things, those external things. And he also goes, not just the braiding of hair, but putting on gold and jewelry and clothing that you wear. All of that external stuff is really not the bottom line. That's ultimately not what anybody is looking at, especially the Lord. Okay? But instead, he says, let your adorning be in the hidden person that, that you are. So that hidden person of heart with the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit. That, that hidden person is that inner beauty, which is far more valuable than the external appearances. And this is something, newsflash, in case you didn't know this, ladies and gentlemen, but remember, this is speaking to the ladies, you are not going to be forever 21, all right? We, we were, we're gonna grow, and there's beauty in that. There really is, because as our bodies decay, right? It's just inevitable. But our soul, our heart, oh my goodness, I, if I can just speak to how much she's grown and helped me grow, you know, it's been so beautiful to be a part of her life and for her to be a part of mine. Those are the things that matter. And I can tell you that the Lord is blessed by that. That's what the Lord is looking for. Ultimately, those are the things that matter for eternity. And remember, this is all about our home in heaven. This is not about here. This whole message in 1 Peter is look ahead to that living hope that we have. And so, women, you can get yourself ready. Please shower and do all that good stuff, right? But what it's saying is, hey, the heart. The heart is important. Worry about that. That is precious. In fact, it goes on to say the rest of verse 4, which is in God's sight very precious. For, it says in verse 5, this is how the holy women who hoped in God used to adorn themselves by submitting to their own husbands. And look, this is the example that we have. It says it in verse 6, as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord. Now, this is not saying that you wives need to call us husbands Lord. You know, like, yes, my Lord. <laughs> That's not what it's saying. In fact, I looked it up. When did Sarah call Abraham Lord? You know, it happened one time and he was talking about him. He wasn't even ta she wasn't even talking to him. She was saying, yeah, I'm doing according to the will of my Lord, you know. And this word Lord is not translated like you would see a capital L, as in my God, as in kingship, lordship, right? This word Lord, man, I'll tell you what, the English is lacking in this regard because we don't have a good word that is very, uh, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Compatible, exactly, with this. The closest thing I could find is like when you, when you um, referred to someone according to their ranking title, like sir, like lieutenant maybe, you know, or like colonel. 
It just implies that they are, have a higher stature or let's say ranking of you from you, right? But it, even then it's not as respectful, it's not as endearing as this word Lord is. This is a very respectful, endearing word. Lower, that's what we have in English, lowercase l, Lord. You know, and so it's hard to explain how Sarah, you know, behaves towards her husband, Abraham. You see, Sarah understood Abraham's calling. Sarah understood that the Lord was with them. Sarah understood that Abraham was being asked to do something that was kind of radical in a sense. And it didn't make sense, you know, and she understood that it was the Lord's will for her to walk with him. You know, and so she did that and she did it lovingly. And we have her as an example for us today to be able to just walk in that. And it says, because you are her children, if you do good and do not fear anything that is frightening. And that's a word of encouragement for you is don't don't worry. I know it's scary. I know we make it very scary as husbands sometimes. Right. But remember, it's not about the husband is about the Lord. This is your former worship to the Lord. Right. And do not be frightened. For if you do well by the Lord, you know, he's going to watch over you. And he doesn't guarantee that it's all going to be easy and a piece of cake, but he's going to ultimately take care of you. Okay, let's switch the page. All right. Husbands, we get one verse, but it's not it's not a light verse. So don't don't smile. Quit smiling. I'm just kidding. <clears throat> Likewise, what does that mean? It means that a lot of these principles also apply to husbands. It, okay. That means that you are not exempt from everything else that the word has said. Peter makes it clear, likewise. So everything that we just talked also applies to you, but a little bit different. You actually have a higher responsibility because she's submitting to you. You know, I find submitting to someone liberating personally. I, I don't necessarily enjoy being the one in authority because that means everything's on me. You know what I mean? You have to have all the answers. But when you're submitting to someone, it's like, you know what? That's on them. <laughs> I'm just going to do what you ask me to do. And that's cool. That, it should be like that. Just as we submit to the Lord, we know the Lord enough to say, you know what? I can submit to you confidently and not worry about that because you're a good father. You're a good God. You're gracious. You're merciful. You're abounding in steadfast love. Right? How cool would it be for our wives to think of that? of their husbands. Ooh, that's a tall order right there. I'll tell you that. That's hard for us to do. But likewise, it says, husbands, now we're speaking to the husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way. Ooh, that says a lot just there. So <clears throat> let me go to Ephesians 5.21 really quick. Ephesians 5.21 says, it causes in thanksgiving to submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. So keep that in mind. We're also submitting to our wives in a sense, not exactly the same because ultimately you have to make the decision. Okay. But likewise, it says, <clears throat> be understanding. So what does it mean to be understanding with your wives? I'm going to challenge you with this a little bit. It means you see her. It means you notice her. It means you talk to her. It means that you understand what her day looks like. It means that you understand her likes and dislikes. It means that you understand when she is overtaxed, 
when she is heartbroken, when she is burdened, when she is rejoicing, when she needs encouragement. It means that you understand when she needs you or when she needs something from you. It also means that you understand that she too gets weary. That's a lot. And there's more to that that I don't understand. But I'm constantly and daily working on understanding my wife because that's what we ought to do. It says, understand your wives. That's a really hard thing to do. Guys, I don't know about your wives, but my wife is really hard to fully understand. You know, I'm still trying to figure her out. And the more I try to do that, the more I realize, man, this is going to take a lifetime. No wonder marriage is for a lifetime, you know? <laughs> but we ought to do that. This is something that's very important for us. And then it continues to say in verse 7, it says, Live you with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman. Showing honor. What is it to show honor? That means to respect her. That means to compliment her. All right? That means to be patient towards her. That means to allow her to know you. Did you know that your wife really longs to know your heart, guys? Your wife really wants to know what you're thinking and how you're feeling, you know, because then she could really minister to you. Then she could really come close to you. She wants to know how to do that. Showing her honor, you allow her into your heart, into your mind. Showing her honor means you are forgiving towards her and you are generous to her. That doesn't mean you need to go and spoil her all the time, but you need to be generous towards your wife first and foremost, okay? That is honoring. Now, why do we need to do this? And this is very interesting and very cool, in my opinion, that Peter and, uh, uh, um, uh, includes this in this passage, is showing them honor to the woman who is the weaker vessel. That does not mean that you're weaker or lesser than, just in general. That literally means your body is weaker, your vessel the thing that holds you together, right? We men have the ability to hurt our wives. This is what Peter's saying. Be cautious, be mindful of that. She is the weaker vessel. We have been built differently. You can argue that with me all day long. I'll tell you, men are built differently than women, okay? We do have a little bit more strength. We do have a little bit... I would say maybe we sometimes lack self-control in a sense, you know? We do have the ability to hurt our wives. And it says, mind that she is the weaker vessel. And it says, since they are heirs with you of grace of life, so that your prayers may not be hindered. So they are heirs with you. That means, yes, you're, in, you're the leader. You're the head of the household. But she is not less than you. Not even in the least bit. Christ died for her as well. He died for you, you knucklehead, and, she, and he died for her, okay? And you are co-heirs. Now, if you think, let me, let, me think, let me take you a little bit to the context of this. Now, in the culture of this day, this was unheard of. Wives were not heirs of anything, okay? The best they got was bride wealth when their husband asked to marry them. That's it. And even that, most of it went to their, uh, their families. Women were not heirs to things. It was a man who would receive the inheritance. And now Christ or Jesus is saying through Peter, they are heirs with you. Wait, what? What do you mean they're heirs with you? That means anything that you think you've earned or deserve? No, 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 buddy. Her too. You're not bigger. You're not better. You're not called to something where you're this 
this overpoweringly master, you know, ultimately you're both heirs. You're both are going to receive the reward that comes through Jesus Christ and him alone. You are equal in value. You are different in role. And finally, let me read this. Ephesians 5, chapter, 20, um, chapter 5, verse 25. It says this, Husbands, love your wives. Your wives, not someone else's wife. Your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. He did this ultimately by dying for the church. He gave himself up for the church. You know how hard that actually is to give yourself up for your wife? Trust me, as a preacher, God gives me several opportunities to live out the sermon of the week. And there are moments where it's like, man, why do you have to go and say that in the Bible, you know? And it is so hard for us to give ourselves up for our wives. Christ did it. He did it in a very loving and powerful way. We ultimately need to do this. Now consider this. Really think about this. Consider what Christ could have done for the church. He gave himself up to the church, but what could he have done? Instead of laying his life down, really think about this because this, brought, this, this put me in tears while I was writing this, okay? Instead of laying his, his life down for the church, he could have subjected us to criticism because churches have a, a lot of things that we can criticize about each other, right? So Christ could have criticized the bride. He could have criticized the church. He could have pointed out all of our weaknesses, which are many. He could have done that. He could have worried about our problems and, and thought, oh, it's hopeless with them. Oh, they'll just always get it wrong. They're just a bunch of screw-ups. He could have said that. He could have concluded that about the church, and it still would have been true. It still would have been so. He could have even outright condemned us and said, forget it. I'm done with you. And he could have rightly dismissed us as an unworthy bride. He could have done that. And if you think about this so many times as husbands, it's what we do to our wives. We condemn them. We accuse them. We are hopeless about them. You know, that's not how Christ loved the church. He gave himself up for her. And so this is something weighty, something heavy. And I encourage you, research this. Research what it means to be a godly husband. And at the end of the day, Christ gave himself up for the bride. There is no greater love than he who laid his life down for his friends. <laughs> Amen? So let me leave you with a, just two takeaways today. And they're simple. And it's just kind of a recap. Make sure that we have it down. First one, wives, submit to your husbands. This is not my word to you. This is Lord's word for you. Submit to your husbands for Christ's sake. And be gentle. And be honoring. And ultimately, you're serving the Lord. And we're learning. Husbands are learning. We're continuing to grow by the grace of God. This is precious in God's sight that you submit to your husbands. And again, this is not like this weird thing where you're inferior to them. This is just what we need to do anyway. Okay? Takeaway number two. Husbands, love, honor, and do your best to understand your wives. To understand them, you're going to have to invest in them. You're going to have to sit down with them. You're going to have to talk to them. Can you believe it? Do your best to understand your wives so that you may lead well and be willing to give yourself up for her. 
And I'll tell you this, and this, this I know from experience, not just my own, but from others, including my parents and other godly people that I've met in life. The better we do, husbands, at this, at honoring our, lo- our wives, at, at giving ourselves up to her, for her, at understandings, the better we do this, the more freeing it actually is to our wives to submit to us. And this is not something that we need to long for that she would submit to. That, remember, that's the Lord's word to her. Okay? That's, that's between her and the Lord. But the more we do our part, the easier it is for them to do our, their part. Bottom line. So if you think you have a rebellious, unsubmitting wife, <laughs> it starts with you, brother. I'm just going to say that as a husband, as a man. That means that you're not understanding something. That means you're missing something. Because if you do it well... And of course, there's room for grace. That's what Christ is for. We all need grace. We're all going to fall short. We're not going to be perfect. But he has the power and the ability to redeem us and restore us wherever we are. And the better we do at understanding this and the word of God and the call to a husband, the easier it is for her to love you and respect you. Trust me. I can guarantee that. (laughs) This is the word of the Lord. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father. Thank you, Jesus, for your word. We just ask that you would give us the ability, Father, to do what you are calling us to do as, as wives and as husbands, that we would submit to one another, that we would love one another, that we would want, understand one another, and, Lord, that we would do it ultimately for your glory. For you have called us to this. You have called us to a higher standard. Lord, we need your help. We ask, Father, that we would be grown and built up by your word and not by this world and this culture who thinks otherwise, who lives otherwise. And we see the result of that. We see the result of not loving our wives, not caring for them, not understanding them, wives not submitting to their husbands. It ultimately leads to breakup, heartache, divorce, and just messes. And so, Lord, we just ask, Father, that you would help us be like you more and more each and every day. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen and amen.